so often what I see as a dietitian for dancers is the use of nutrition information too soon into a dancer's training. And what ends up happening here are obsessions with wanting to eat and I quote, healthfully. Ultimately, what ends up happening, and it's a topic I've covered previously, is obsessions around ingredients, nutritional facts, and overall your food choices on any given day. Today, we're going to be talking about the topic of nutrient density, but within the context of learning about ways in which we can utilize this information without obsessing over it. Hi, I'm Rachel Fine. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist specializing in all things related to nutrition and food for dancers. As I always mentioned, the goal is to build supportive meal and snack time habits, not ones that leave you feeling overwhelming self-doubt and confusion over what is the, and I quote, right or wrong choice around your food. Today, we're talking about the topic of nutrient density, what it means, and how dancers can consider it in their food choices. But here's a disclaimer. If topics surrounding nutrition currently stress you out, make you feel anxious, or like you might be doing something wrong at your mealtimes, then I'm gonna suggest that you hit pause, head over to listen to my other discussions on how to build supportive relationships with food, and then we can get back to this topic and what it means to redefine the healthy dancer. Once you've dabbled into those topics, then you can get back here and talk a bit more about nutrient density. Interestingly, there's no standardized definition surrounding the term nutrient density, but generally it refers to the concentration of nutrients within any one specific food or combination of foods like a meal or a snack. Oftentimes, nutrient density can be utilized as a tool to compare various foods of similar amounts. For example, if we're comparing 100 calories worth of candy to 100 calories worth of yogurt, the yogurt is going to have what we consider to be a higher nutrient density because it contains more nutrients per serving. Nutrients being, just as an example, protein, carbohydrates, fats, and even calcium, vitamin D, so some of those micronutrients as well. On the other hand, candy is not nutrient dense. It is, however, a rich source of sugar and therefore carbohydrates, which does provide energy for your body. So is nutrient density the key to the best food choices for dancers? Absolutely not. It is true that nutrient density can be helpful for dancers looking to build a meal plan that supports their elevated needs as an athlete. A meal plan that supports a broad spectrum of the various nutrients in our food. So the macronutrients, carbs, proteins, and fats, but also the micronutrients, the spectrum of vitamins and minerals, antioxidants, phytonutrients that we get from all of our food choices. Nutrient density can definitely spark our thoughts around how food serves a functional purpose for our performance, enhancing energy, supporting efforts for injury prevention and even injury recovery, improving immunity, supporting hormonal balance, and more. But here's where things get really tricky. 
nutrient density more often than not, and I cannot even tell you how often I see this amongst dancers, and not just my student dancers, but even my professional dancers, dance educators, parents, and even fellow dance medicine professionals, mentors, and so forth. Too often, nutrient density is utilized as a tool to compare and categorize foods as being either, and I quote, good or healthy, or bad, unhealthy. In this process, many foods become vilified. And when we eat those foods that have been deemed less nutrient dense or therefore less nourishing, the experience becomes flooded with guilt and anxiety. Ultimately, it leads to a really challenged relationship between you and your food choices. This is the telltale sign of lifestyles like clean eating. Some red flags that you might want to be on the lookout for, an overfixation on needing to choose minimally processed or unprocessed raw or whole foods, and that overarching assumption that dancers need to avoid processed foods. Remember, health is multifaceted. In fact, diet and lifestyle only make up a small portion of anyone's degree of health. So it's incredibly important that nutrient density does not define any one person's degree of health, nor does it need to be the end-all be-all in determining what food choices are going to work best for you and your individual needs. Now you might be saying to yourself, you are ridiculous, Rachel. Candy is unhealthy. Well, I'm going to challenge that thought because that thought is going to turn into a whole lot of food guilt down the road. Let's break down what candy actually is. Candy is rich in sugar, which is a carbohydrate. Carbohydrates fuel our body. They're a necessity for all dancers. However, it's true. An influx of sugar, an influx of carbohydrates is likely to cause this extreme spike in your blood sugar. And because of that, we see a spike in the hormone insulin to coincide with this. Just to recap, insulin is a hormone that helps in your body's absorption of sugar. So when we have these hormonal elevations in play, what ultimately happens is a major decline or crash in our energy. And for obvious reasons, this isn't going to support your dancing, at least most of the time. Maybe if you need a true energy pick-me-up, let's just say the last 15 minutes of a really long and strenuous performance, Totally, it might benefit for you to get that quick energy pick-me-up. But for the most part, we are encouraging more stability in our blood glucose and therefore energy levels throughout the day. Now take a couple steps back because everything I'm describing should not translate to candy is bad, dancers cannot eat candy. That is not what I'm explaining. Rather, we can find opportunities for when candy might either benefit our short-term energy or at times when energy isn't necessarily the priority of our current moment. Maybe you aren't about to go into a three-hour performance. There are many opportunities and instances where we can incorporate candy into our day without having to necessarily worry about the impact it might have on our blood sugar. So instead of thinking that we need to avoid candy at all costs, we can perhaps think of other opportunities when candy can either be supportive of our energy 
or opportunities when energy stability is not necessarily our number one priority. An example of the latter would be that you are not expected to dance for a prolonged period today, or perhaps you just got off of a three hour performance and you are craving something sweet, craving for something to pick up your energy. That might be a reason too. As I mentioned earlier, you might have just 15 to 30 minutes left of a performance, rehearsal, workshop, and you just need the energy to get through that period. But most importantly, if candy is the only accessible source of energy for you at this moment, then you also need to recognize that that's going to be your best choice at this moment. And that's okay. There's no guilt, there's no shame, nor is there any anxiety to be associated with that choice. Now on the flip side, eating only candy throughout your day is likely not going to leave you feeling very energized for long periods. You might even be left feeling a bit sick and candy isn't necessarily gonna provide you with many nutrients to support your body's overall metabolic and anabolic growth. So incorporating candy into a generally balanced meal plan where you are further incorporating a variety and abundance of food is what's encouraged. So should we aim for nutrient dense options when they're available? If it's an option, then I say go for it. Fun fact, even in regard to my candy example, you can increase the nutrient density of this situation. As an example, you're building a yogurt parfait with some granola, dried fruit, maybe even some nut butter drizzles on top. You wanna add a sweet topping? Top it with some crushed candy. Top it with a crushed lollipop. There's no need to sacrifice fun in your meals and snacks just because you're prioritizing nutrient density. You can even try a healthified version of certain foods. So what first comes to mind for me are when you see those desserts like cookies or brownies and very often there's an ingredient swap out such as utilizing chickpea flour or perhaps adding flax to a recipe. I fully support, and actually I do it myself, wanting to experiment with recipes to make them more, and I quote, healthified. But I do want you to proceed with some caution here because if you feel like you can only eat these foods, specifically desserts, if they've been, and I quote, healthified with other ingredients, then you're not utilizing nutrient density in a way that's fair and truly supportive of your entire being. Every eating experience you have can be an opportunity to gain more nutrients and nutrition, but every eating opportunity does not have to be a nutritional superstar. Your cookies, your brownies, they don't have to be rich in a plethora of omega-3 fatty acids or protein or fiber. Recognize that more often than not, enjoying the real deal, especially if it's a food that perhaps brings some nostalgia to you, memories, experiences, is incredibly important. This is arguably just as important as when you are considering the nutrient density of the foods that you eat. So remember, Utilize nutrition information as a guide, but don't let it dictate your everyday food choices. Through this work, you can also consider the practice of food neutrality. This is a major tool that I utilize with the dancers working through the Healthy Dancer. On top of this is the Healthy Dancer Food Flexibility Algorithm, a discussion we previously had 
But if you can remember, and I'm gonna share this image here, the Healthy Dancer Food Flexibility Algorithm walks you through step-by-step -step some considerations for your here and now food choices. Most interestingly, the nutritional composition of our foods doesn't come into consideration until the final last step of the entire algorithm. And the reason for this is we need to first ensure that we are considering the foods that are accessible to us, the foods that we have preferences for, what our cravings might be, all of this comes into play. Only then do we start to consider how and when we can look at the nutritional characteristics of our food choices. And at that point, that's when nutrient density can come into play. Boosting the complex carbohydrates in our meal to add a bit more fiber. Fiber helps with digestive regularity. It also helps with stable blood sugars and energy. We can also look at some of those heart healthy fats to help alleviate some of the inflammation that is naturally experienced from intense dancing. Can we add some color to our meals and snacks to get more of a broad spectrum of those micronutrients? All of these considerations come into play. Utilize nutrient density as a tool to help you, not as a tool to hinder you. But if you need more support with this topic, then I highly encourage you reach out. As a licensed dietitian for dancers, I've created my entire platform designed to help you learn about nutrition information in a way that's not obsessive. Let's work through nutrient density together without it turning into something that's going to consume you at meals and snack times. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon.